All right. Well, today we are starting Chapter 38. Now, we said, if one can remember that far back, that 35, 36, and 37 were a subunit with a focus on action. 35 emphasizing action, mitzvahs of action, and their significance to us spiritually, drawing down the Shekhinah being the fire of Hashem fed by the oil of our mitzvahs mitzvahs. 36 went into the concept and significance of Mashiach. And 37, the entire very long chapter, was really focused on bringing Mashiach through action. So now up to 38. So that means we're in a new unit. But the beginning of 38 is actually, if we might call it, transition from the end of 37, 35, 36, and 37, the significance of action, transitioning to 38 and 39 where we speak about the significance of kavana, intention, emotional and mental intent in doing our mitzvahs. So the very beginning, which is what we do today, actually says, based on all of the above of the past three chapters, we understand why it's paskind is decreed in the Talmud that a thought is not equivalent to speech, which practically means that if someone wanted to do the, the mitzvah of Shema, and he's intently focused on every nuance of meaning of the Shema, he just doesn't have to say the words. He thinks it, he feels it, he motes it, but he doesn't say the words. He did not fulfill the mitzvah of Shema, which is a mitzvah from the Torah, Midoraisa. He has to say it again. If you bench with all your heart and soul, but no movement of the lips, got to bench again. It didn't count. Well, then let's, let's do it the other way. Let's say a person benches without any feeling in his brain at all. Sorry, feeling in his brain. Without any thought in his mind or feeling in his heart. You know, like sometimes we say, wait, did I do that or not? Hmm, the bench used to be there and now it's here. I, I think I can deduce I benched. That, so to speak, meaninglessly. Are you yoytze? Did you do the mitzvah or not? Allah is you are yoytze. The only time you're not yoytze for doing the mitzvah is the first pasuk of Shema and the first brach of Shema For any other part of davening, of prayer, for any other part of brachos on any level, as long as your lips moved and you said the words, you did the yavad. I mean, you didn't do a great job, but we can put a check on your chart for doing the mitzvah. What does this mean? What we're saying here is that there are truly two parts to the mitzvah of prayer. There's a part of the mitzvah of the prayer which is comprised of the action of the movement of the lips. There's another part which is also equally a part of the movement of prayer, which is intention, meaning. Both are part of the mitzvah. To truly do the mitzvah correctly, you need to check on both parts. You need to be moving your lips, and your mind and your heart have to be invested in what you're saying. And then you completely fulfill the mitzvah. So our sages set up two theoretical situations. What if you did A and not B? What if you did B and not A? But the answer is not the same. If you move your lips but have no intent, okay, we'll say you passed. If you had complete intent but didn't move your lips, nope, we don't give you any credit at all. So why? If there are two equal parts to the mitzvah, why for the movement of the lips without the intention, all right, we'll give you a pass. But for 
enormous intention, but you forgot to move your lips, we can't even give you a pass. So the Rebbe says now, after everything I said in the past three chapters, you understand. In other words, if we're looking at this mitzvah, like the mitzvah of prayer or of brachas, the ultimate point is the refinement of our animal, the refinement of our body. If I'm looking at the two parts of prayer, the movement of the lips and the intention, the movement of the lips is the action, which means that is what's primarily involved in my body and my animal soul. The intention is a spiritual concept. That's primarily drawing godliness to my godly soul. So my godly soul, she's not really the focal point of my mitzvahs. She's not. As we said at length last chapter, she's perfect without any of them. She's, she's, she's better off above. As the Rebbe said at length last chapter, the love the most perfect Sadiq feels in this world is nothing like the love the soul feels above. So therefore, if the movement of the lips is to affect the body and animal, that's mandatory. If that doesn't happen, forget it. Your mitzvah didn't happen. If the intention is to bring down more godliness to the godly soul, that's nice. We want that. It's good. It's positive. It's beneficial. But ultimately, that's not the thrust of my mitzvah. So if the additional godliness does not come down to my godly soul, but my animal soul and body are refined by what I'm doing, we will say it was a pass. But if you bring out all this godliness to your godly soul, but you're not refining the animal or the body at all, forget it. You didn't do the point of the mitzvah. The point is the action. The point is the transformation of the body and the nefesh abahami, which comes from the action. That's why we have these mitzvahs. So the Rebbe is saying, based on everything we've learned in the past three chapters, this halacha, that with movement of the lips you are yaitse, but if with intention, but no movement of the lips you're not, makes a lot of sense. That's today's Tanya. Starting tomorrow, we're going to say, but intention is really very, 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 very important. And we have a very deep understanding, hopefully, by the end of this chapter, on why intention, bringing down all that godliness, is so significant as well. Any questions, please unmute yourself, star six. Okay. Have a wonderful Shabbat.